Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Washington Training Camp live on a Monday. What's up, Craig Hoffman, with you and with me today, as always... But look, if you're streaming live on the Odyssey app, you can see my guy, Anthony Haney. If not, you're just listening to the podcast. You'll be able to hear him. Uh, and you slid up from producer. You're, I'm, I'm calling you a co-host today, man. Uh, welcome to the auditory part of the show, the visual part of the show, as opposed to just the chat telling me the information I need to know. Hey, I'm glad to be on the other side, my guy. <laughs> yeah, great to have you. Uh, for those who don't know, Ant produces Travis Thomas' show on the Team 980. He's been producing this podcast the entire time we've been doing it. So uh, in, in, instead of having someone else from the outside on today, I was like, Ant, let's just chop it up. Let's talk about this game from the other night. Let's play some of the sound from Ron Rivera, day after game press conference, and uh, we'll, we'll chop it up, up amongst ourselves. So as we record this, as we live stream 1 o'clock uh, every Monday and Friday, uh, we'll have Kevin Sheen on the show coming up on Friday, by the way. Um, so I already know that a week out. But uh, as we sit here at 1 o'clock on Monday, you just got done with Travis's show about an hour ago. As people were calling in, like what what were the fans' big takeaways? The way you saw them uh, from this game, and, and the way as you're screening those calls, you get you get the worst of it on that side <laughs> of the glass. What uh what was everybody saying about this game? Uh, the win over the Bengals on whatever so, night that was last Friday. So of course, going into the Bengals game, I didn't think anything you know of the quarterback competition that Ron Rivera spoke of, but another you know inconsistent or you know abnormal outing, I guess, from uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick. And then another good out- outing from Taylor Heineke. It started the quarterback competition rumblings again. So a lot of callers were just calling in and saying, we want Heineke. Uh, I think Ron Rivera is tr- uh, crazy to just give Ryan Fitzpatrick the starting position. And the thing is, Ron Rivera hasn't gone publicly and stated that, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick was the starter. He actually objected to that and said he wanted to see more out of Taylor Heineke and Kyle Allen moving forward. But it's just interesting to see, you know, where the callers are already um, just into the two games into the preseason. So here's what Ron said on Saturday after watching the tape back, whatever, about whether or not he can say Ryan Fitzpatrick is the starter. Hi, Ron. Um, at this point, are, are you able to say that Ryan Fitzpatrick is your starter for week one? Um, yeah, I can. Um, will you? Or, no. or <laughs> Okay. I mean, there's not, I mean, you know, we don't play for 21 days. Uh, I mean, okay. you know, so whenever, you know, it's time to say it, I'll say it. Whenever we got to put out the first um, depth chart, you know, you guys will see. Um, but right now, that's not the important thing. The important thing is we continue to work and prepare and get ready and everybody competes. Um, whether it's, 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 you know, fait accompli or not. I, I just think, you know, we, we get caught up right now in something that's not as important as practicing and developing and learning and doing things the right way. I hate that answer so much. Hey, Matt LaFleur, is Aaron Rodgers your starting quarterback? Yep, 
he's he's it. He's going to start. Uh, hey, Sean McVay, is uh, Matthew Stafford your starting quarterback? Did you see what we gave up for him? Yes, he's our starting quarterback. Like, and I understand it's a it, there is a little bit less clear cut uh, clear cuttedness, if you will, here, but. I don't know, man. I must have watched a different game than everybody else. I'll, I'll, everyone's screaming about Taylor Heineke. Let me let me read off these stats real quick. Blind resumes. Who is who? Uh, one quarterback went 11 of 13 for 80 yards and took one sack. Uh, no TDs, no picks, a fumble. That's probably going to give it away. Ryan, or uh, if not, I just gave it away. The other quarterback, his name's Ryan Fitzpatrick. 7 of 13. So you have 7 of 13 versus 11 of 13. 96 yards, no touchdowns, no picks, took a sack as well. Um, I thought Fitzpatrick was good. I think he missed a couple of big throws, uh, including a couple in the end zone. But he moved the ball down the field. Heineke dinked and dunked and then fumbled on a terrible fumble. His near interception was a really bad throw in a bad spot. I I know everyone loves Heineke because he's exciting. The problem is, Ant, I just don't think he's that good. And... Mm. I also think his career tells you he's not that good. Otherwise, he would have played somewhere by now. But he's on his like his what third or fourth team. He was available in November last year for a reason. And Ryan Fitzpatrick is coming off what was a pretty good year in Miami and a sequence of pretty good years. And I don't think he's shown anything so far. Like he was on pace to throw for four hundred yards in this game. And I understand that it, he didn't have any points, but or they only had the field goals. But you give him enough shots at that, like he's gonna get it. And yeah, he's going to have some games where his misses are interceptions and it's not going to feel great. But same is true for Heineke. And I think down in, down out, Fitzpatrick's just been better, flat out. I feel like everyone is just so excited for this season and they know the opportunity we have in front of us. A lot of people have said we're quarterback away from, you know, being serious contenders in the NFC. And it's going to fall on the shoulders of Ryan Fitzpatrick. But our inability, I guess, to like punch it in or score touchdowns in the preseason, I think is what's frustrating callers, fans the most. And people just got to understand, like, yes, Ryan Fitzpatrick is moving the ball and that is pleasing to to an extent. But it's a little bit of a disappointment that we can't punch it in. And that's and that's where I think everyone is. And they're just putting too much stock into the preseason. I feel like when the season rolls around, when uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick has had more time to gel with the first teamers and the starters, then we'll be able to uh, punch it in. Also, we have to include that the that the um, defense will be able to put us in a position to, you know, capitalize and be able to score more because we'll be in control of the field position. For sure. And the Kyle Allen did actually a real, I thought Kyle Allen was really good in this game. He only winds up his stats from what he's like two for four. Um, that doesn't count. I think the two point conversion, the way that the statistics work, but I mean, I thought he was, took care, took good field position. And I mean, look, he got to hand it off, hand it off to Jared Patterson a lot. And Patterson was great. Um, but at the end of the day, like the way you said it perfectly, right? People are putting way too much stock in the preseason where from a schematic standpoint, there's almost no game planning done. So, and that's something where like the veteran experience of Fitzpatrick versus the inexperience of Heineke is going to matter. The other thing too, is there's no time in a game where the starters only play a quarter to make any adjustments. And that's fans in the preseason love to forget that adjustments exist. And during the regular season, want to scream that the coach is never making adjustments, no matter if they are or not, because no, like the adjustment in 
the the understanding this is going to sound pretentious but i'm just going to say it anyway <laughs> the understanding a lot of fans have of adjustments is whether or not the score has been adjusted that their team is winning or not like there is no there's no like thing that that and because football is really complex and it's hard and it's hard to see it in real time even if you know what you're watching like sometimes i don't see little things until i go back and watch the tape and you're like oh that's what they did like that was smart sometimes it's easy like well they attack that corner who's not very good like yeah but did you even like? Is it as simple as the the coach going to the QB? Hey, throw it at that guy. He stinks. Like, no, they they scheme up certain things to take advantage of what they might see in quarter one, in quarter three. You know, Sean McVay used to talk about how he would just keep calling a similar run play in the first quarter, knowing it wouldn't get anywhere, so that the defense would start cheating it, and then you get the play-action boot, and you get the shot play later in the game. Can you get that safety to take an extra step up? Well, when Ryan Fitzpatrick has played, what, like six series, if that? He played, or probably not even. He's probably played like five, because he had the two series in the first game, he has a quarter in the second game. You're never even getting to that part of the game where someone like Fitzpatrick with his veteran experience can actually use the thing he sees in quarter one to get a big shot play in quarter three or quarter four when you need it. So I, I think that, like you said, there's just way too much stock being put in the preseason, and that's a little bit more depth and understanding of why that stuff matters. And that Taylor Heineke running around, like, yeah, it's great that he had four carries for 26 yards, um, and he can do that kind of stuff in the regular season. But at the end of the day, can you win on schedule? And that's like Heineke has done a lot of dinking and dunking, and like it never feels like the ball's quite out on time versus with Fitzpatrick. I'm actually encouraged at what I've seen because there seems to be a rhythm to the offense, even if ultimately he needs to get a few more completions in big spots, third downs, red zone, et cetera. I just think a lot of people like the fact that Heineke is a little bit more exciting. The fact that, you know, he can use his legs. And my thing is going into the preseason uh, game against the Bengals all week long, I think Taylor Heineke had been inconsistent. He had been turning the, uh, the ball over, throwing interceptions and things of that nature. But when you see him in the game, He's able to, you know, maneuver and get out of certain situations. I think Ron Rivera, he alluded to it um, on Friday about how Heineke uses his legs um, in the game and not doing practice. I feel like the fact that he's he has to, I guess, pass from the pocket in a sense um, is a little troublesome. And that's not what I would want out of my quarterback. I would want him be able to be able to do everything. So. I'm not sure what really to make of this quarterback competition. I think fans are, you know, just buying into the fact that Taylor Heineke going out there and playing solid. But I think Ryan Fitzpatrick it will definitely end up being the starter. I'm yeah, and, and I should I should clarify something I said earlier. Like, I said Heineke's not that good, and I don't think that's fair to him. Like, I, he's not as good as Fitzpatrick. And, and, you know, I and not that Fitzpatrick's a world beater, and Taylor Heineke isn't bad. And by the way, neither is Kyle Allen. Like, they've got three professional NFL quarterbacks on the roster. The question is, are any of them good to be, like, a, a good starter level? And Fitzpatrick is definitely the guy that's closest to that, and we'll have to see over the course of the season. But I, I feel a lot better with those other two dudes as backups. Um, and if, by the way, if Kyle Allen can come out and play well, or Heineke comes out and plays well, and there's another team that wants to trade for one of them, like, I'd trade either one of them in a heartbeat if I could get some kind of decent return on it uh you know i would have tried a sixth round pick probably not like but you give me a it feels like a fourth is is not going to happen and like but a fourth round pick that that's a a really good player if you do it right versus a guy who's not going to play a whole ton as a backup quarterback if if things do go right um also you have the roster game that's going to be why like carrying three qbs um is something that's 
that a lot of teams do, but a lot of teams now carry two. And for a team that's trying to trying to figure out how you get down from like nine good receivers to seven, and that's still one more than most teams take. And you got five safeties and you got all these different things. Like that's another weird position for them that if they can actually flip one of those guys, and I don't that that's just me speculating, like hey, this would be a smart thing to do, not any kind of intel, not foreshadowing, not anything. Like, that's another, like, put that in your back pocket somewhere just in case a team has an injury quarterback and and Washington tries to flip someone uh, to make room on their own roster and get an extra draft pick because they do have two good backups. Um, it Also, speaking of other good spot or big spots in this game, love to see a fourth down conversion. Uh, Antonio Gibson couldn't get it. Here's what Ron Rivera said about that play from Friday night. Ron, on, on, on the rewatch, what did you make of, of that fourth and short? The one we didn't convert on? Yeah. Uh, that was disappointing to me. I, I, I felt we could have hit that a little harder. Um, there was a little bit of hesitation. I, I, I thought from my, uh, my perspective of watching it, um, I thought we could have stayed on the, on the double team a little bit longer and then worked up a little bit. I think we might have come off that a little bit soon, sooner than we needed to. Uh, and again, I think a little bit of hesitation on uh, on AG's uh, on Antonio um, that might have given that guy that little extra chance to get in there and make the play. Um, but I, I think it's the right call because we went back to it a little bit later in the game and uh, converted with it. I love the beginning of that clip. Uh... Ron, on, on, on the rewatch, what did you make of, of that fourth and short? The one we didn't convert on? Yeah. That's a fun position to be in as a reporter. The, uh, that's yeah, know. that's the one. The one you don't want to talk about. The one you want to eliminate from your memory. Hey, uh, mm-hmm. shout out to Sam Fortier, my boy from the Washington Post on, on asking that. But I, I think the Anthony, we just kind of use that in general to, to look at the running back situation. And I think everyone feels great about Gibson. That play would notwithstanding, like, the kid's really good. He's physical. He gets downhill. Um, he can also make you miss. He's a great route runner in space. But obviously, the story of the game was Jarrett Patterson. And we've been hearing about him, hearing about him, hearing about him from everybody that's come on. I'm sure everyone that you guys have had on Travis's show, um, everyone that I've talked to out there and for this podcast and otherwise, this kid seems like a really good football player. And we talk, We were just talking about the position battles. Like, I don't know if they can afford to keep four running backs, but I don't know if they can afford to cut this kid. I was what I told Travis earlier. Uh, a running back doesn't put up 400 yards and eight touchdowns and not be considered a stud. I don't like it's not lucky. Um, and Jared Patterson, he's going out there, and yes, granted, it is against the twos and the threes, but guess what? He's also running behind the twos and the threes. So when people try to say, Good "Look point. at the, look at who he's doing that against," it's just like you can't really use that as a knock against them. Um, but Antonio Gibson, I feel like the Washington football team, they're trying to use him like a Christian McCaffrey. They're trying to see if he can really be an every down back. And I feel like him not getting on the fourth and in inches may have been a sign of why they want to, you know, lean towards a Peyton Barber or um, for those short yardage downs. But I think they'll give him another try against the Ravens if, you know, that uh, that comes about. But if it doesn't, it's going to be interesting to see how they move forward because Jared Patterson, he has definitely locked his way onto the uh, 50, 53 man roster. A lock, says Ant. That's bold, a my lock. friend. That is bold. Is um, so here's the other thing about Patterson, though. He got some good looks early in the game when he played with the ones. 
Like they put him out there with the ones early. Uh He looked good. Like I kind of with you, like running backs, a position I think that kind of does translate pretty well, typically from the, like, you're not going to have a guy who's a beast in college. who just can't do it in the pros. Like I shouldn't say you'll never get it right. Trent Richardson was incredible at Alabama (laughs) and was the third overall pick in the draft. And for whatever reason, just, absolutely could not do it at the pro level but it's it's rare that you're going to see that and especially for a guy like patterson like the thing with trent richardson was like he was a men amongst boys in college like he was so large that dudes just couldn't tackle him he just bounced off guys well in the nfl that's not going to happen but if if you're a back who's made your way in college based off vision and speed and and quickness and acceleration and making guys miss that's pro- which, by the way, if you play at a smaller school with a mediocre O line, is probably something you're gonna have to do. Like that's a good skill set that translates. Now the question often with running backs is how long is it gonna last? Like, do you want to give them that second contract? And a lot of times the answer is frankly no, um, which sucks for them. But like if you're just making business decisions, that is what it is. Um, but with Patterson, yeah, and you know that's a good point too on the the fourth and one. Like, would they give that to Peyton Barber in the regular season? Probably, but like, could Patterson get that yard? Like, he's low to the ground. He's he's thick. Like, I trust him to get that yard. Um, I trust Gibson to get that yard more often than not. To be honest, um, he just didn't get it in that particular case. So, um, I think it's a really interesting one with with Barber and Patterson potentially battling for one spot, or do they just keep four? And that's where Patterson on return uh, can maybe knock one of the receivers out. You know, do you knock out DeAndre Carter, Steven Sims, someone like that? If if you feel like Patterson's your kicker and punt returner as well, there's a lot of moving parts here. Like it's one of those things that getting to 57 is a lot easier than getting to 53 because you start having to make some really tough decisions. Um, and I used to have to do it with zero stakes as a beat reporter. They'd ask me to do the roster projections, and I'd just be like, I don't know. Like if I was the actual coach of this team, I don't, I don't know what I would do here. Um, it's a lot hard, easier for me to write an article than it is for them to actually make the decision. Ron Rivera is the one who's got to make the decision. Here's what he said about Jared Patterson. You can do it again. You know, uh, we're going to come up against a very good Baltimore team. He's going to be in, a, in, in some, some tough situations going into this game in terms of who, who we're going to you know, put him up against. And just see how he handles it. I mean, he's he's been he's been solid so far. Uh, you know, this will be a good week. Like I said, this week will be about game prep, uh, and then we'll see how he, how he takes it and handles it uh, going into uh, into Saturday's game. So you're saying he's a lock? I'm saying he's a lock, but I don't know if you necessarily deem him as a a, a lock for the team. No, I just think there's too many moving pieces, and you also you know he's one of those guys that the fans are going to love with good reason, but is he, is he actually going to get picked up on someone else's practice squad? Probably not like, or actually not even practice squad, right? Because if you're him, you don't want to go anywhere else on practice squad. You already know this playbook. The coaches know you, if there's an injury, you're getting called up immediately, like done. It's, it's good. So what you really have to ask if you're Rivera and Marty Herney and, and Mayhew and all these, these guys making these decisions, um, Randy Jordan, the running backs coach, do we feel like if we let him go, he's going to get picked up on someone else's 53? And that's the question you have to ask with a lot of these guys of like, who am I keeping? Who am I not? Is if you're just going to be a special teams guy, or you might even be one of the inactives on game day, you're essentially a practice squad player anyway. It's kind of why I think the game day inactive thing is really stupid and the NFL should expand rosters. For, you know, that's a longer, different conversation. But if you're just going to be inactive on game day or a special teams guy on game day, you're 
you're you're halfway you know if you're inactive you're basically a practice squad player if you are just a teams guy you're halfway there um especially if you don't play all four units of special teams so is this player that i'm going to cut going to help me in some way that's where patterson could make the roster if he's if he can play special teams or is he going to get picked up for another 53 versus this other guy who would or doesn't have practice squad eligibility. So I'm going to keep him, cut a guy like Patterson, immediately sign him to practice squad and hope that we get lucky. And then if we need him on game day, we can always call him up because he's in the building. He'll continue to practice because practice squad guys, they're just that. They practice just like every single other guy. It sucks for you if you're the player because you're not getting a 53-man roster uh, type salary. You're getting a practice squad salary. But um, in terms of looking at it from the team's perspective and a practical perspective, you kind of got to make the decisions that way. Am I cutting a player who's definitely going to wind up on another 53 or I can't keep in my building on practice squad for lack of eligibility for a player that might be a little bit better, but you know, would prevent me from basically keeping both? Yeah, and it is a tough uh, situation for Washington because, again, they did have Peyton Barber in uh, last year. He was able to step in and really help them uh, with the showdownish yardage. But if I'm them and the fact that I have, you know, six veteran spots open on my practice team, um, I think I would be more willing to cut uh, a Peyton Barber and try to retain um, – Jared Patterson. I, I really feel like Jared, Jared Patterson has flashed this entire preseason and the opportunities that he's gotten. And I think it would be foolish of, of us to allow that talent to, you know, slip away possibly and him not clear waivers and then we not be able to uh, to retain on, on our practice squad. I'm not saying I disagree with you. I'm just ta- I'm just walking you through the logic. Oh, I, oh I, no, no. I, yeah, I I, like I, at the end of the day, like I think Jared Patterson's a better back from what I've seen so far in a very limited amount, like Peyton Barber's good, serviceable back, she belongs in the league, belongs on roster. Patterson could be a thousand yard back. And that those guys only come out, uh, along so often. So um, that's that's where I stand on it. Um, we'll see what the coaches, because they're at practice every day. I'm, I've only watched this kid in games and he looks good to me. Um, what do I know? Uh, all right, uh, let's go to the defensive side of the ball. And then I've started uh, in another tab here as we, we live stream. I've started a 53-man roster. If we have time, we might try to fill it out real quick. Uh, it doesn't take as long as you think, but I'm curious is like, if we're like, hey, we're keeping everybody, um, then let's, let's see what that number looks like. Um, as for this week, or actually, sorry, as for the defensive side of the ball, real quick, because this is the number one story on defense, in my opinion. Middle linebacker, Jamin Davis. How is he coming along? Or is he going to wind up starting the, the season at weak side linebacker with John Bostic in the middle? Here's what Ron Rivera said on Saturday. You see a little bit of both. You see him doing the things that, that become very natural for him, and you see him get going right away. Uh, a couple things that he tends to hesitate and, and have to read through a little bit more, uh, you see that fall step or that late step. So, He's still developing, still learning, but um, compared to last week, I thought he did some things. Uh, he did a lot more better things, uh, more consistent, and um, you see the growth. That's probably the biggest thing is you see the improvement and you see him playing faster and faster. That was uh, that was one of the really big positives as far as I was concerned watching the tape. 
So everyone remembers on Friday, Logan uh, was on the pod and he said that in game one of like the four main linebackers, he was the least impressed with Jamin Davis with the caveat that he expected that to be the case. It was his first preseason game. So uh, I'm curious to touch back with Logan um, in a couple of weeks as we get going on, on pregame and see what he says. But I mean, I, to me, like, yeah, you saw the growth and the, the thing that you really wait for now, and this might, this is going to be a multi-year process until it happens consistently is when do you just stop having to look for Jamin Davis and have him just show up on your screen? Cause, cause that's the kind of player that like Luke Keekley was and, and the kind of player that Ron Rivera wants him to ultimately be. I just think he's, you know, Ron Rivera is allowing him to learn the game and experience it before, you know, just throwing them straight into the fire. Um, and even in the the two preseason games that we've seen him play, uh, he hasn't been out there in that nickel um, set where they, you, you just have the two linebackers. We've mainly been seeing him out there with the ones in the base formation. But when he's gone to the uh, Mike linebacker position, I think he's played well. Um, and last week, actually, uh, Pro Football Focus, they rated him as uh, the highest rated rookie um, on the team uh, or the Washington football team defensively. So I think there's promise there. And he's just learning, again, the position and how fast it is. I'm not – again, it's the preseason. I feel like people put too much stock into the preseason, and they shouldn't necessarily have to do that. Yeah, for sure. And we'll see this week, um, you know, a lot a lot of these guys again because Ron Rivera says – this is going to be similar to a game week, how a lot of teams used to treat the third preseason game. Obviously, now there is no fourth. Um, we're going to approach this, Olivia, as a as a um, as a mock regular season week. We will we will put together one hundred percent game plan. Um, we will introduce it to the players on um, let's see so on Tuesday. So Tuesday will technically be what our normal Wednesday will be. Wednesday will be our normal Thursday. Thursday will be our normal Friday as far as game pl- uh, game plan prep. I want to see how we handle that as we go through these things. Um, I want to see how everybody seems to um, adjust and adapt. Uh, we, we'll, we'll pay attention how these guys retain, how they adjust, um, and just how they handle the whole week. Uh, that, that's, that's going to be a real good indicator as to, as to our readiness or in terms of getting ready for the regular season. So we'll approach that, and, uh, you know, everybody will get – you know, they'll, they'll get their uh, game plans just like we would a normal week. So we're going to approach it that way. And, you know, again, we're just going to try and see how guys handle the whole week of preparation. That to me is most relevant to the quarterbacks and what we talked about earlier. That quarterback situation, if there's actual game planning, like how smooth is it for Fitzpatrick? And we'll see, obviously, how they adjust during game if he gets a full half. Um, and, and you'd hope to see some points and maybe even into the third quarter. But, uh, that to me is, is super relevant to the other parts of the conversation. How do some of these young players handle a game plan and how do the quarterbacks handle it? And can you see a little bit more of a gap uh, when you see it? All right, and let's get to this, this mock, uh, mock 53 right now. I've got positions and names and I've got this partially filled out here. Um, actually, I think, I think in this little, uh, this little thing here, I can share my screen. So here, if you're live streaming in the Odyssey app, uh, I think you'll be able to see this. If not, and at least you will be able to see this, uh, which allows us to be able to collaborate together. So I got I got the columns going. Uh, we got the the QBs. So we're gonna go ahead and put in Fitz. We're gonna put in Heineke, and we're gonna put in Kyle Allen. I left yeah. room for four running backs, so that would be Gibson, 
that would be whoops i didn't spell it right but that's all right uh we're moving quickly here because we only got like five minutes left in the podcast uh we got uh patterson patterson and then we got barber and then we got mckissick mckissick uh mckissick i my my uh keyboard is just terribly sticky and loves to put it i think i just wound up with four s's in mckissick and i hit it once uh leno flowers rule uh then we got sheriff sheriff and then and cosme and then we want to leave room for four i don't know the line i'm gonna moment of transparency i don't know the backup lineman well enough to know who's in and who's out so do we want to put just four Sorry. spots or we think we're they're keeping 10 i think they only keep four Okay, so we're just going to put four backup linemen. We're not going to worry about who they are. Uh, sorry, that's sometimes what happens when you're a defensive line, or when you're a lineman. All right, so we got, let's go DN, D tackle, D tackle, DN, just to start. So we have Sweat. Actually, no, we're, we'll do this as a whole D line group. D line, D line, D line. So we got Sweat. We've got. Young, we've got Allen, we've got Ionitis, we've got Maddie I, because we don't feel like spelling Ionitis right now. We got Settle, yep. Tim Settle, ah, DL Settle, uh, and then we got who else? Smith, we got Smith Williams, right? James Smith Williams. Williams, and then there? they're probably going to keep. We'll put Two Hill, maybe. Yeah, Casey Two Hill. And then maybe Tony. See, this is where it gets it gets hard. Let's put Shaka Tony in there. Another edge guy. So now you got. Let's see. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Defensive lineman. That's a lot. It uh, is. So I'm gonna tell you what. There's no way they're gonna keep that many. But they like. Are they gonna just go in with three? That feels that feels light. They've kept four in the past. Let's keep four. All right. So then we got linebacker. Uh, at linebacker, you've got Bostic, Dave. yep, Davis, Holcomb, Holcomb. Uh, as I fill in here, and then we've got. Mayo? I don't know about Mayo. He's been playing on ton with the threes, but although he's had the fumble recovery, that was nice the other day. Yeah. Um, Hudson, right? Oh, Khalid, Khalid yep. Hudson. Thinking of the right guy. Uh. And then this is where I could use a depth chart because I'm literally doing this off the top of my head and I do not so have the there. knowledge to consistently do that like I used to. That used, I used to have to do this stuff in my dreams, which actually turned them into my nightmares. Uh, let's see. Who else we got? Bostic, Davis, Holcomb, Glee Hudson. Jordan Nah. No. David Mayo, probably um, not. Joe Walker. Jared Norris or Justin Phillips? Probably one of those guys is going to make it. So we'll, yeah. we'll just, we'll put blank linebacker spot because they're not going to have four. So yeah. that's, and that's going to be a special teams decision. So we're already at 40 and now we got to get the DBs. So at corner, you got Fuller. You've got St. Juice. St. Juice. William Jackson. You've got Jimmy Jackson. You've got Moreland. So do we think they just stick and stay there with just the four? I think they'll go five. Oh, well, actually, no. I think they'll go four, actually. I feel like that's safety. a place they actually might just go for. Um, so, but oh. McTire, Danny Johnson, Apke, t- I tell you what, 
I'm going to put Troy Apke down. And people are going to be like, yep. but he sucks. Special teams. But special teams. And he's got position yep. flex, flex to pay, play safety. I've never seen a team go four at corners. They're probably going to go five. They might go six and keep McTire or Danny McTire, Johnson. Yep. Um, I think they're so let's even do that just because we're being generous. We're going to go six and go McTire. And I feel like two of those three, McTire, Apke, Apke and Johnson make it. Um, so then we're already at 47. And now we're just getting to the safeties. And there's five of those dudes that we like. Collins. Uh, Cameron Curl. Cameron Curl. I don't know Shazer why I was Everett. blanking on his name. DeShazer. McCain. And, but, and Reeves is there but, too. Goodness gracious. But then you've got Reeves. So then you get the specialists. One, two, three. Cheeseman. One, two, three. You got long snapper, Cheeseman. Kicker, Hopkins. By the and way, glad we chilled on Dustin Hopkins. And then away. And hey, that's actually not as bad as we thought. That's 54. Dang, okay. That's not that bad. That's not that bad. But that's also with keeping all four running backs. So here's here's where we made cuts, right? Because some of this I feel like I typed in and we skipped right over. So receiver, that's keeping McLaren, Samuel, Humphreys, Brown, Carter, Cam Sims, and AGG. So that's seven. At tight mm-hmm. end, I'm not keeping Samis Reyes. That's only three oh, tight ends. Not? So if we're if we're doing the the hey let's see where we really have a tough decision to make, we put Reyes on there. Now we're down now, but we're at fifty five. We also only kept nine linemen, but now mm-hmm. you're at fifty five. And so while that seems like oh it's fifty five, like we can get down to fifty three easy, it then becomes the game of who you cutting. A lot of people it would be AGG, but he was great the other night. Some people would be like Cam Sims, right? But some people, it's like we're not keeping four tight ends. Some people, it's we're not keeping four running backs. But this this is the exercise, and it's really tough. And because, like, again, like from a a talent standpoint, do you really want to keep Casey Tuhill or Shaka Tony? Yeah, I think one of them might have to go in that practice squad. One of them. And that's the decision, right? Is one of those guys a good enough special teams player that ultimately – you say, hey, he's worth keeping. Whereas a guy like Troy Apke, like that Apke is the perfect example of what I was talking about earlier. You keep Troy Apke because he's on special teams and because you can't put him on practice squad versus Shaka Tony. You go, hey, you're going to be on practice squad. And if someone gets hurt, we're calling you up. But at the same time, we can afford to keep you on the practice squad. So we like you. This isn't an indictment of your career, but you're not as good of a special teams player as Troy Apke, our starting gunner. So that's where my career is. I've come full circle. Now I'm defending Troy Aki. <laughs> I never would have thought. <laughs> he needed that though. Whatever, man. Hey, good for him for being open to changing the corner. I hope it works out for him. I'm hoping for the best as well. Good, good, good for Troy Aki. That's where we're ending the podcast. Good for Troy Aki. <laughs> and this was a delight. We should have, you know, we should do this, uh, do this more often. Possibly, man. Hey, look, all you got to do is say, hey, what's up? And <laughs> hey, I got you. Fire up that that uh, that host portal. Put the producer on the side. We'll have Sheehan on Friday. And then I think we're, are we doing this next week? I think, maybe. I don't know. We might have, Possibly, Sheehan might be the no, season yes. finale. <laughs> if not, good chance Ant's back next week with me for at least one of the shows. Um, so we'll look forward to that. As long as they uh, they keep letting us do it, 
then we'll do it. Uh, but for Anthony Haney, I'm Craig Hoffman. Thanks for listening to watching Training Camp Live. Make sure you subscribe, and uh, we'll see you when we see you. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.